Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, indeed. We are not at the Minnesota State Fair today. We were there last week, not there today. So folks that may be coming around looking to ask their lawn and garden questions, you can still do that, as we always do, either by phone or by text. We always welcome those, 651-461-9226. And what we used to do, and it's been a few years, is we would invite Mary Meyer and Professor Eric Watkins from the U of M to sit on our deck, our porch, and answer those very questions. Well, we have them on the air with us right now. Uh, Mary and Eric, good morning to you. Good morning, Danny. Good morning, Danny. Morning, Eric and Mary. I can hardly hear you. Maybe we can crank that up a little bit. Uh, um, but Mary, Mary, maybe what we could do for those that maybe don't know, uh, give uh, Professor Mary and Professor Eric, uh, maybe you can introduce Eric for those that uh, maybe missed a few years ago when we, you both were on the air. Uh, explain the positions and, and, uh, and why the title Professor. Oh, well, 
Professor, because we've gone to school for a long time, but I think both of us really just love horticulture, and we love teaching a lot. Um, I have retired, but I, I just cannot give up this Smart Garden show. I mean, it's so much fun being on WCCO and answering people's questions, but although I've retired, I'm still allowed to do the show, which is a lot of fun. Eric is still working hard as a professor, and he's moved up the ranks to even... Um, how we teach digitally, right, Eric? Right. Yeah, I have a, a new role at the university where I'm helping programs think about uh, new online uh, programs where there might be in, uh, in, uh, places where the university might have an opportunity to, to deliver online programs. So, But I'm still, still working in turfgrass, doing uh, turfgrass research on the St. Paul campus. Yeah, and, and that's right. uh, another yeah. reason why I want to bring up specifically that uh, when we talk lawns and gardens, yes, uh, call or text those questions, either one, uh, for Mary or for Eric. If you have any kind of a lawn or turf question, that's great. Uh, any other uh, lawn or garden question, of course, we love to feel those. And uh, Mary and Eric, too, for that matter, we're not going to let you uh, off the show. So <laughs> you're, you're destined <laughs> forever, we hope. Uh but do call us or do text us, 651-461-9226. I'm thinking, as I had some tree work done uh, the other day here in our front yard, boy, my, my yard is looking so tough, and I know I try to, and I do follow the the ordinances as far as watering the restrictions. Um, w- what can we do, uh, Eric and Mary, uh, to, to maybe help over the winter our lawn uh, maybe to come back next year. I'm hoping that next year, with a little bit of work this year, we can do that very thing. What do you suggest? The, uh, we, we get this question a lot uh, this year. In the last couple of years, we've had a lot of drought and heat stress during the summer. Uh, if it's a situation where the grass is dead, or like in your situation, maybe there was some renovation work done in the yard. Um, coming up now, is it, this is a good time to plant new seed. So... Uh, one of the ways you can get your lawn ready for next year is to get new grass established. A lot of times um, there's damage during the summer. Maybe you had white grub damage or uh, it got too dry or too hot and grass died. So uh, you're going to want to fill that in with new grass seed. The other thing you can do for lawns that are living is make sure you're uh, fertilizing your lawn uh, in September and early October. And that also strengthens the lawn going into winter. Yeah, we, we mentioned that from time to time, that fall is really the perfect. If you're going to fertilize your lawn, if you had a choice between spring or fall, uh, you would recommend definitely fall, right? That's correct. I would hold off a little bit now that we've got such hot weather in early September. Yeah. But, you know, once we get into mid to late September, uh, that's a really good time to put down some uh, nitrogen fertilizer. All right. Thinking about uh, lawn aeration, too, isn't that uh, good? Would, would it be better to wait in a week or two from now, given this hot weather? Yes, I would also wait for aerification. So uh, you can aerify in the spring or the fall. Fall's a little better uh, for aerification. But you don't want to aerify when the, when the turf is really stressed, when your lawn is stressed. And you're, you know, the next few days now is a very stressful period with this heat. Um, yeah. But, yeah, in the next you know, couple of weeks is a good time to start thinking about aerification. Very good. Let's grab a phone call. Thomas is calling in, I believe, from uh, Minneapolis this morning. Thomas, uh, you're on CCO. What's your question, please? Hi, good morning. I have two hydrangeas that have what I believe powdery mildew for two seasons now. Uh, what should we do? We tried cutting them back last year, removing the infected 
parts of the plant, but uh, the problem has reoccurred. Should we dig the plants out at this point? No, Thomas. Uh, no, I, I would not dig the plants out. Uh, powdery mildew is usually not fatal on hydrangeas. Um, I would try to practice better sanitation and, if possible, keep the leaves as dry as possible. If you do any watering or if you have an irrigation system, make sure that the leaves, the foliage, is not getting wet because that can tend to increase uh, powdery mildew. If there is uh, any way you could prune the plants to increase the airflow around them, I know that that's, that sounds good, but it's usually very difficult to do. But um, it's not fatal, so I, w I would not worry about it. Uh, just try to keep the plants uh, as dry as possible on the foliage. And then if you can clean up the, the leaves when they do drop in the fall, the powdery mildew can, can persist in the area. But if you clean up the leaves and have good sanitation, that can help uh, reduce it. Okay. Another phone call coming in from Susie, who's calling in from Mendota Heights, I do believe, this morning. Susie, thank you. What is your question this morning? Uh, yes. Um, we have a uh, golf cart at our cabin. And What's your question this morning? Uh, yes. Um, we have a uh, golf cart at our cabin, and we're trying to figure out what kind of uh, grass is the best to plant and top seed this fall so that, you know, when we use the path, it doesn't become just um, ruts in the grass. You know, the grass is doing great there, but it's, I feel like we've planted maybe the wrong type of grass. Yeah, so what you're going to need is a grass that's going to be able to withstand a lot of heavy use, right? We want to, we call them traffic tolerant or wear tolerant grasses. And I think a really good option uh, would be tall fescue. Uh, or, you know, a mix of tall fescue with Kentucky bluegrass, but mostly tall fescue. And you can, you can find that mixture for sale now quite readily. Uh, tall fescue has a, a little tougher leaf, and it's known to have pretty good wear tolerance. It also has the uh, advantage of uh, a really deep root system compared to other grasses. So it doesn't need, need to be watered very much. So in these shorter-term droughts, you wouldn't have to water it once it's established. So I think that might be a good option for you. Okay. This uh, listener text, uh, this, is it too late to trim yew shrubs? Yews. Yeah, so yews are the real popular evergreen that's very hardy, dark, dark green for us. Uh, I, I wouldn't prune much of anything right now in September. I think Teresa said that one other day on the show. I heard her say, now September, just forget about pruning in September. <laughs> it's kind of a good uh, suggestion. So uh, you, you want to do a lot of pruning on the evergreens when they're really totally dormant. So further into the winter or early spring. But September is not a good time for pruning most things. We're going to break here momentarily, but Erica Texters said they heard us talking about the fertilizing. The question is, should I be fertilizing my lawn this month and also in October for stronger roots? So fertilizing twice is an okay option. I think for most, for most lawns, just once is good enough. Um, it's hard to give a specific recommendation without having a soil test. Um, but if we're just talking about nitrogen, I think... For most lawns, just once in September is okay. Another application in October is, is good, too, if you have certain expectations for your lawn that you want it to 
uh, be really uh, dense and thick and looking really good going into winter. Uh, one thing that we used to talk about as an option was a late fall fertilization, and we've kind of backed off that now as being sort of a, uh, something that's not as effective as we once thought. So fertilizing once or twice in this September-October range is uh, what we recommend. For most lawns that I see, I think one one application at about a pound of nitrogen or so per 1,000 square feet uh, is probably sufficient. All right. Very good. Hang on. If you're just joining us, Mary Meyer and Eric Watkins from the U of M answering those lawn and garden questions this morning at uh, 651-461-9226. You can call or text. It's a Saturday morning from News Talk 830. This is WCCO. And again, good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long along with Mary Meyer and Eric Watkins from the University of Minnesota answering any kind of a lawn or garden question you might have on your mind this morning. Again, either call or text 651-461-9226. And Mary and Eric, as usual, lots of text messages. We'll pick up on phone calls as well. Uh, here is a uh, another text that came in this morning. Can I move my hydrangeas now or wait? Well, with this hot weather, I'm not thinking about moving anything. So I think, uh, and then we get further into the fall when things cool off. I would wait until spring to do that. Uh, okay. Spring is a, a better time and you have a longer season uh, to establish it. Eric, this uh, texter says, is it beneficial to apply corn gluten in the fall? What, what's that uh, question about? So corn gluten meal is a uh, natural organic fertilizer product. Uh, and uh, it can be applied uh, as a fertilizer. It's a slow release. So these natural organic products break down very slowly over time. Um, so you can use it as you would any other fertilizer, just remembering that it's going to be a slow release, so it's not going to, you're not going to see instant uh, effects. The research on corn gluten meal shows that it can be an effective uh, thing to use for fer- as fertilization. Uh, it also, like if you use it for several years in a row, can have some effect on weed emergence, but that takes a long time to build up. So if you're really interested in like what we might classify as an organic lawn, corn gluten meal is a good option. Uh, otherwise, uh, there's probably better uh, fertilizer products for it to use. It'll give a little quicker response and are going to be lower cost. Oh, okay. A lot of lawn questions this morning, uh, naturally, I suppose, because of the heat. Should we overseed if we cannot water? That's a great question. So we've been uh, answering lawn questions at the fair uh, every day over in the Ag Hort building. And this is one we talk about quite a bit. So if you have a situation where you need to overseed, but you don't have uh, the ability to water, what we've been suggesting and recommending is doing that overseeding as a dormant seeding. So the idea here is that you would overseed after the soil, after the temperatures are too cold uh, for the seed to germinate. So usually that's about November 15th or so. You put the seed down before winter and it just sits there through the winter. And then when the soil temperatures are warm enough in the spring, it'll pop up. And usually, most springs, we have a fairly wet spring, so then you don't have to worry too much about watering. Now, this last spring was an, except, was an exception. It was fairly dry. But most, most springs, that's going to be a good approach. And then also, the nice thing, when you have your seed out, you don't have to worry about, is it, you know, is it dry enough to get out there and do the seeding and 
it's a really good approach that we've been recommending more and more, especially for those who don't have easy ways to water large uh, new seedings. Very good. Uh, Mary, this uh, texture said this, uh, I planted gladiolas this spring in a raised bed. They were beautiful. Can I dig them up and plant in my yard this fall? Uh, no, you can't do that. You you need to dig them up, but you need to keep them in a place where they won't uh, freeze solid. Gladiolas are not hardy through the winter for us. So it's very rare, and especially in a raised bed, it tends to freeze solid and be totally cold. So once the plant's tops have died and they're no longer uh, green, or once we get to uh, frost situations and cold conditions, Dig up the corms and store them in a place where it stays oh, about um, 50 degrees is really ideal. And then plant them again uh, next summer. Um, otherwise, if you leave them out there, they will die. Okay. Another text says this, my basil plant, uh, the leaves always get tougher, not tender. Is this normal or what am I doing wrong? Well, I think that uh, you need to harvest basil when it's younger. If, if it's tough and they're uh, uh, stronger and sometimes even bitter, um, that's uh, the older leaves. So try to harvest it when it's younger. And certainly once it starts to flower, then the flowers um, tend to take most of the energy and the leaves do really tend to get quite bitter. So if earlier, I would just recommend uh, earlier harvesting. Uh, for that's when the basil is the, the best flavor. Okay. Eric, uh, this uh, text came in a bit ago. It said, my lawn service was uh, out, but I was out of town and not able to water, and now I have either dead or dormant grass areas. You think I'm going to have to rake and reseed, or you think it might come back with some watering? That's a good question. It's hard to know exactly. It depends on the species. So if it is a Kentucky bluegrass lawn, it'll probably come back just fine. Uh, if it's got a lot of fine fescue in it, it will probably come back, but it's hard to say for sure. Uh, hope you know With some rewatering, you can see what you could do is get some water on that lawn, and then uh, hopefully it'll green up again. If it doesn't, you can do the overseeding that we talked about before. Because um, if you wait to see if it's green, you're kind of missing the current seeding window. We recommend trying to seed by about September 10th or September 15th for dormant seeding. Um, so I get some water on that lawn and see if it perks back up. Most of these cool season grasses have pretty good dormancy mechanisms. So they, if you don't water them for a while, they'll go brown. But then when the water returns, they'll come back. But there's differences in how, how they come back. And Kentucky bluegrass comes back the best. So with the Kentucky bluegrass lawn, it'll probably be just fine. One thing we see with uh, with drought is sometimes uh, lawns get mowed even when they're really dry, and that uh, it's an additional stress that can uh, lead to death of the turf. So if the lawn service is mowing uh, the grass while it was dry, that could uh, could have been a bigger problem. All right. I'm getting a signal here. We need to take a break. We're going to have a look at that hot forecast, and it will be here for the next few days or so, so stay with us. We have about another half hour of our Smart Garden show. Mary Meyer and Eric Watkins from the U of M answering those Alana Garden questions for you at 651-461-9226. Back with a forecast here on News Talk 830 WCCO.
And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO Radio. Every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour this morning, Mary Meyer and Eric Watkins from the University of Minnesota answering all of your lawn and garden questions. And we have uh, many, as usual. 651-461-9226. If you want to call and chat, we'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, uh, you send a text like uh, a lot of folks are doing. 651-461-9226. A uh, listener says, should we, what is a good question, should we water 30-foot mature trees such as spruce trees? What about watering large, large trees? Well, uh, with the drought conditions, we certainly are thinking about watering. So it's really essential that you water anything new that you planted this year. So the new plants have the smallest root systems and the biggest requirement for watering. We normally don't think about watering mature trees, especially really, really large trees. Um, however, if they're in a stressful situation with limited soil, like in between the sidewalk and the street, or if they're in a very dry soil, like uh, Anoka, where we have the sand plain, uh, it, it won't hurt to water these trees if you have enough uh, capacity uh, to do it. There are a lot of good resources on the extension.umn.edu website, especially for how to water trees and do it effectively. It's quite a bit of water. It's a large amount of water, and uh, not so often. Uh, usually our irrigation systems for our lawns are putting out water small amounts, not enough usually for uh, trees. But um, I would say look at the trees. If you see actual wilting on the trees, and these are specimens that you're uh, very interested in maintaining, um, and you have the capacity to water them, that would be great. Okay. Another listener says, should endless summer hydrangeas be cut back in the fall? No. I um, Endless summer hydrangea is kind of a finicky plant. There are actually many newer cultivars that are better than the endless summer, but I would not recommend pruning on endless summer at all. Um, it's uh, problematic. Uh, and it's very difficult for people to do uh, effective pruning on the hydrangeas. Most people are not really sure what hydrangea they've got because there's so many cultivars that are out there now. But I would only prune off dead wood on endless summer. Otherwise, um, no pruning. Okay. Erica, this listener says, I plan to reseed our completely dead lawn. It should sprout before the leaves fall. Should we rake or otherwise remove leaves from uh, new grass? So if the, uh, I didn't quite catch all that, but if, if the seeding happens soon and the uh, grass germinates and you have seedlings, then, yeah, you're going to want to keep the leaves off of that, those seedlings, because those seedlings are going to need access to sunlight uh, so that they can uh, grow and develop going into winter. Um, you know, that's another situation where if you get a, a dead area, you know, that's completely killed, it was sprayed off. That's another thing, another situation where, especially this year with these, uh, hotter conditions early September where dormant seeding might be a good option. Okay. Here's another one, Eric, uh, interesting one. Can you talk a bit about fertilizing around lakeshore and wetlands? So if, what you, you want to be careful not to uh, be fertilizing in such a way that that fertilizer is going to run off into those water bodies, right? And um, 
there's there's resources on the extension site uh, that uh, that talk about different approaches. One thing we talk about is sort of a buffer strip around uh, these areas. So maybe you have uh, a section of grass that's mowed higher, or not, or maybe even not mowed, depending on what you have around some of these water bodies. You want to make sure you're only fertilizing uh, the amount that is needed by the grass. You're not over fertilizing. You're using soil test recommendations to guide your fertilization practices. You're being very careful that you're applying it correctly, you know, using the right equipment and um, not uh, not throwing fertilizer into areas uh, where you uh, don't intend it to be. Um, a lot of problems happen when people over-fertilize uh, their turf areas in this situation. So making sure you're putting down the right amount, uh, staying away from the shoreline, putting in a buffer strip, those are all approaches that, that should work well. All right. Let's grab another phone call. Fred is on the line to ask you a question. Fred, uh, good morning. Thanks for calling. What is your question? Um, I have a weed in my garden or lawn that um, I can't. I think we lost Fred. He had a weed in his his yard. Well, maybe he'll call back and fill us in here. Uh, I had a question, too. We do have the... Go ahead. We do have the resources online to for what what weed is that or what plant is that for identification. So a lot of it is a picture ID. You can also take a picture of it and send it in to ask a master gardener. But the most important thing is to figure out what is that weed because then that determines how to control it. I'm glad you brought that up, Mary, that uh, we always like to mention that from time to time during the show. Uh, if you've never checked it out, do so. A lot of great reading on extension.umn.edu. Great resource. And uh, I, I was going to ask, too, because we had a, a question or a comment about uh, uh, soil testing. How, what, what process is that, and can you find that information on the line, online as well? Yes, you can find that online. I actually saw information yesterday at the State Fair on that in the horticulture building. I think it was at the... Uh, uh, the Minnesota Hort Society, but also where the turf, near where the turf is under the sea fans, uh, the ec- extension area at the fair. Um, there's great resource on how to take a soil test, collect the soil from several different areas. Then you can mail it or take it over to the U to campus, and then you get the soil test report back. Uh, there's also a resource on how to read the <laughs> read the soil test when you get it back. What does that piece of paper actually tell you, and what does it mean for for fertilization, um, and what's your organic matter, what's the pH of the soil. So that's a great resource. You can look it up online and then uh, go out and get your soil tested. This is a great time of year to do the soil test. Uh, things are busy in the spring. They're not as busy uh, now in the fall. Costs, I, th- I think it's still $17, so it's a, a right around $20 for a soil test. No, that's a great bargain for that. Uh Eric, a listener wants you to suggest a short native grass for shady areas. Uh, so we get this question about native grasses occasionally. Um, for the purposes of this question, I'm going to consider fine fescues to be native. There, there's some dispute about whether they are, but they've been around a long time, so, uh, much longer uh, in this part of the world than some of these other grasses we use for uh, lawns. And we know that the fine fescues are quite good uh, in tree shade. So 
it's a group of grasses. Uh, strong creeping red fescue is the most common one, but there's also chewings fescue and hard fescue are a couple of others that you'll find in these mixes. So we usually recommend a mix of those three grasses together uh, for shaded areas. And the nice thing is they're well adapted to that environment, so they'll do just fine. They'll fill in and maintain good density. But they also grow quite slowly, so you don't have to mow them as much. And then they don't need quite as much fertilizer. So fertilizing at a low rate just one time a year is more than enough. Uh, and uh, we found that those, that's the best option for shade in Minnesota. Okay. Mary, this one, uh, this listener says, I planted three or four packs of green beans in my garden this year. Got beautiful foliage. A lot of it, maybe about 10 green beans. I figure it must be the soil, but I was wondering if it could be anything else. Thanks for any ideas. Well, it's probably not the soil if you've got healthy plants. I would look at two things. Number one, I'd look at what what cultivar, what variety did you actually plant. If you still have the seed packets, you want to look at that. So uh, the variety makes a big difference. And then there's this other factor of heat, which uh, heat was really an issue on uh, growing vegetables this year. While beans are pretty tolerant of warm conditions, they certainly want warm soil for the seeds to germinate. When they're growing in in the season, a day like today, you get into the 90s and so on, that can inhibit flowering on a lot of our vegetables. So that can be uh, really quite a challenge. So I would look at the cultivar and then um, nothing really we can do with the heat. But some of the recommendations for varieties we've got up on the extension.umn.edu website. Uh, Bush, Bush Blue Lake is one of my favorites for uh, string beans, green beans. All right, I hear that riff in the background as we as we take a break. We'll uh, we'll do that and uh, come back with more lawn and garden talk. Six five one four six one nine two two six. It's a smart garden show here on a three O W C. So keep in mind that in the nine o'clock hour coming up in just a quarter hour, right after the news break, get those home improvement questions ready for Andy Lindis from Lindis Construction. That's next hour here on News Talk eight three O W C C O. And welcome back to the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show. Keep in mind, our Home Improvement Show gets underway next hour. This hour, we've been uh, chatting with uh, Mary Meyer and Eric Watkins from the University of Minnesota. They're answering all of your lawn and garden questions, and we have many, both by phone and by text. Speaking uh, of phones, let's uh, grab another phone call. Hilaire is calling in from Howard Lake this morning. Good morning. What is uh, your question for our guest? Well, I have a question about rhubarb. I've got, we've planted some, well, it's the red kind, and I think we've had it for three years, and we got it from someone else, so it wasn't purchased from the store. And right now, I walked down there the other day, and it is so pretty, and I was just wondering if I can pick that and use it this time of year. Uh, You can, Hilaire. You can pick rhubarb uh, now. 
um, as long as what you're describing, your plant looks great. My plant looks, my rhubarb looks pretty terrible now because of the heat. And I thought that's what you were going to ask about. If your plant looks good, you can pick a little bit of it. Normally we pick it heavily in the spring and then let it grow. But if, you know, rhubarb gets to be a big old plant. If it's big, you've got a lot of stems, you can pick some now. Okay. Erica, this listener says, I'm looking at uh, making a section of my lawn a bee lawn. Uh, One side borders my neighbor's lawn. I don't want to be uh, spreading into his traditional grass lawn. Is there a difference in bee lawn seed mixtures? That's one question. This texter saw two different packs at the State Fair Ag Building. Says, my lawn is very compacted and in full sun. What should I do to prepare the soil for that bee lawn? Uh, There are different uh, types of bee lawn seed. Uh, but most of them have fine fescue as the grass, and then they have different flowering plants as the sort of bee, bee forage inclusion. Uh, so most, uh, so they're they're fairly similar. Just some differences in some of those species. Most of them have white clover. So white clover, the fine fescues, and then a couple of other things. I wouldn't worry too much about uh, these plants invading your neighbor's lawns. So that's not a concern. If it's a really compacted area, one thing you want to do before seeding uh, is to make sure you uh, relieve some of that compaction through aerification. So B-lawn seed is one we recommend oftentimes dormant seeding anyway. So if you're thinking about doing it this fall, what you can do is spend some time prepping the site, getting that compaction taken care of, and then do a dormant seeding. Uh, Because if you waited too much longer to seed, we'd be getting a little too late anyway. So uh, wait for the dormant seeding and take care of that compaction issue. All right. This listener says, my community is offering a tree sale to be delivered in the beginning of October. Is this a good time to plant a tree? Uh, Yes, probably be okay. Uh, Boy, the beginning of October. I wonder what those plants are going to look like that uh, you're getting. A lot of municipalities do this, but, boy, they're doing it in the spring. And what's coming out are totally dormant plants, bare root plants. Springtime bare root planting is wonderful, and you can get great success with trees uh, doing it then. Uh, I have have never done a dormant uh, tree planting in October. So I really try to figure out what's going on here. If it's ball and burlap and you've got some soil and everything, eh, it's still October. I would, hopefully you would plant as soon as possible because we want a month. We want at least 30 days for plant roots to get established before really cold conditions. Now we've had better better weather in our fall with more and more uh, through October, really good, nice uh, growing conditions. But it's much riskier in the fall to do uh, this planting than it is um, in the spring. And then you really have to be sure that you water, 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 water um, into the fall. A couple minutes left in the show. This morning, this listener says, uh, I will be having our lawn aerated this fall, and is it a good idea to seed, and if so, to do it before or after the aeration? Yes, seeding uh, after an aerification is a good idea, so uh, I would wait till afterwards. The idea is that aerification is is creating some space for that seed to drop and disturbing the soil a bit, and that is really good for the seed to create some good seed-to-soil contact that will help the lawn get established. Okay. 
Mary, this uh, listener wants to know, is it too early to plant tulips? Uh, no, I guess yeah, we certainly do this now in the fall. And uh, the tulips, uh, like daffodils, uh, will establish their root system in the fall. And then we see the flowers uh, the following spring. Uh, the bulbs are in those stores now. And yes, you can go ahead and do that. Um, the tulips are pretty easy to plant in the fall and have them come up in the springtime. Daffodils really require some fall water. Tulips will benefit from that too. So if we don't get any water this fall or we have this low uh, rainfall, you should consider watering the bulbs in uh, after you plant them. But uh, yeah, you can go ahead and do that now. We only have about a minute or so to go in the show, and I really appreciate both Mary and Eric being here this morning. I know our listeners do as well. Um, let's mention again uh, the university website, and uh, don't forget to head to the Arboretum, right? Can you fill us in here for 20 seconds? Yes, what's happening at the Arboretum is the Apple House is open. So the Apple House from 10 to 6, uh, just west of the Arboretum, has Zestar's First Kiss and Sweet Tango Apples. Uh, they will also have squash, lots of other things, maple syrup, honey cider, etc. So the Apple House is open, and of course the Arboretum, wonderful place to go visit. A week from today is one of the Farm Fest events I and you can pull a sugar beet, try to get the biggest sugar beet out of the farm fields. But great to see lots at the Arboretum. Well, we got to get to the Apple House. i got to get more sweet tangos. I'm glad you brought that up. And don't forget to get on the university website, extension.umn.edu. Great material, great resource. Uh, you can use it often, and you will love it. Mary, Eric, thanks so much. Hope you enjoy. Have a safe uh, holiday weekend. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you in a few weeks, I think. Yes, always a pleasure, Denny. Thanks, Mary. Thanks, Thanks Eric. Eric Watkins, Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. Hot stuff coming up, 96, the high today here in the Twin Cities. Maybe a few showers happened earlier this morning. Don't look for more coming up. Sunny and hot tomorrow. We're going to possibly hit 100 tomorrow and 98 on Labor Day. Right now, in the meantime, south winds at 9 miles an hour, dew point at 57. Uh, don't forget to hydrate if you're coming to the fair. Partly cloudy right now. Our current CCO temperature reading, 73. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 